Good morning. And welcome to Naples United Church of Christ. My name is Dawson Taylor and I serve as your senior minister. And I'm so glad to see that you survived your family, you survived Turkey, you survived all the Thanksgiving festivities. And it's wonderful to have you here this morning as we begin the Advent journey, the four weeks leading to uh, Christmas. And we'll talk more about that in a few moments when we light the Advent wreath. But I'm glad to have you here and to welcome you for uh, worship this morning. If you're worshiping with us for the first time, we are honored by your presence. If you're joining us via live stream, Facebook Live, uh, if you download the audio podcast later this week, or if you've gathered this morning at Bentley Village uh, in that community, we are honored uh, by your presence. No matter how it is we have gathered together, we are grateful for that opportunity. I want to highlight a few things for you this morning. First of all, I want to say uh, thank you for a couple of things and invite you for a day of service um, if you are able. You may remember that our address is 5200 Creighton Road. Well, last week in our Thanksgiving offering, you gave $5,200 to Harry Chapin Food Bank. So thank you for being on the mark in so many ways. Uh, We really appreciate it. But more importantly, it goes to Harry Chapin Food Bank. So thank you so much for your generosity. But more than just simply uh, writing a check, I want to invite you to um, a day of service at Harry Chapin Food Bank here in Naples. Uh, The Board of Mission and Outreach is hosting that day of service this Saturday from 9 to 11. And uh, there's more details in your Sunday steeple lights, but this is also the last day to sign up to be a part of that. And so you can sign up in the gathering place following worship. And I hope that if you're able and have the time that you might consider doing that, because again, we wanna be a congregation that as part of being mission driven, isn't simply about writing checks, but also about serving. And there's lots of ways to do that through Harry Chapin. And so I hope that you'll consider um, doing that. I also want to say thank you for your um, donations for Cans for Communion. This is also helping support one of our vital mission partners, Grace Place, who is actually, interestingly, the um, largest food distribution point uh, for the food bank in Collier County. And um, actually, before Hurricane Irma, that was not the case, but they uh, became that following the storm. And so that's one of the ways that we help support them is that every first Sunday, you bring uh, canned food items, non-perishable items. And so I'm grateful for your generosity there as well. And just simply want to say thank you. And lastly, um, as you leave today in the narthex, just outside the sanctuary, there are Advent devotional guides available. Uh, These are written by the Still Speaking Writers Group of the United Church of Christ, our denomination. If you receive the morning devotionals from the United Church of Christ, it's that group of writers. And so uh, you'll recognize them. They have a bright green cover. It's hard to miss, uh, but you can get those uh, in the narthex following worship. And I would invite you to uh, take this daily uh, guide each morning uh, as it guides us to uh, Christmas Eve and, of course, Christmas morning as we welcome the Christ child during the season. And so I would invite you to join in that journey. And so, indeed, as a mission driven congregation that prepares our hearts not only for worship this morning, but also as we prepare our hearts and our minds to welcome this Christ child, I would invite us to center our hearts and minds for worship this morning. 
Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day. And we ask, O God, that in this time of worship that you would speak either through me or in spite of me. That we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. All of this we trust and we ask in your many names. Amen. In 1948, a World War II veteran by the name of Earl Schaefer was the first person to hike the entire Appalachian Trail. This 2,160-mile hiking trail connects Georgia with Maine. It is billed as the longest hiking-only footpath in the world. Schaefer was restless after the war and was grieving the death of his best friend. He needed to, to find inner peace, and so he set out alone on this challenging adventure. It took him through forests and streams and over mountains. He reached Maine in about four months' time. His journey has inspired thousands of hikers to try hiking the trail as well. Every year, about 1,500 people attempt to begin the journey, and yet only one in 10 complete it. Even more interesting to note is that Schaefer has hiked the entire trail an additional two more times. And I thought this congregation would appreciate that he began his third hike at the age of 79. Why would a 79-year-old man want to hike alone the 2,000 miles of rugged forests and mountains? He says he's, he finds inspiration in the view at the end of the journey. The view from the top of the mountain. He says, the view from the mountains is the most beautiful. From the top, you can see everything. He says, you can look at it from so many different ways, and it looks different every single time. People ask me, what makes me want to go and do something like this? And he replied, it's the beauty. It's the beauty. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah 2, and it's a vision of a beautiful mountain. The prophet Isaiah is called by God to pronounce the coming judgment on the people of Jerusalem and Judah. But Isaiah is also given a beautiful view from the people of God's holy mountain, a vision of hope of God to restore the chosen people someday, a vision that will restore peace and justice to the nation through God's anointed one, the Messiah. The mountain that's mentioned in this morning's scripture reading is Mount Moriah, 
It's where Abraham learned that child sacrifice was not the way of the Lord. It's where David learned to pray for the release of the plagues of his people. It's where Solomon built the temple. It's where the laws of the Lord were kept and the ways of the Lord were practiced. In the days to come, Isaiah writes, Isaiah sees a vision of the day when God's Messiah, the one who is promised, will rule the nations with peace and with justice. A day when people will study war no more. In 1941, Hitler's armies were invading the city of Leningrad. The staff of the famous Hermitage Museum worked around the clock to load priceless paintings and sculptures onto three trains and move them into safe hiding. The Nazi army blockaded the city of Leningrad with the hopes of starving the population and destroying the city's industrial and military strength. The siege of Leningrad lasted almost 900 days. More than one million civilians died before the siege finally ended. The director of the museum decided to keep the beautiful building open. Even though most of the artwork had been sent away, he felt that the beauty of the building would give hope and respite to the suffering citizens of Leningrad. But bombing around the city soon damaged the museum and snow and water got through the broken windows. The museum brought in soldiers to help shovel out the snow, broken glass, and to clean up the water. To thank the soldiers for their work, there was a museum guide who offered to give the soldiers a tour of the museum. But what was there to see? It was a nearly empty shell of a building. But the guide began walking through the rooms and describing in beautiful, vivid detail each work of art that hung on the walls. He painted word pictures of the marble statues that had graced each room. And as he described the works of art, the soldiers' eyes began to brighten and they began to see the museum through the guide's eyes. They began to see the beautiful works. They began to see what would grace the walls again when the war was over. And so it was right there in the middle of war and starvation 
in the middle of suffering that these soldiers were given a vision of hope. And you see, that's what Advent is really all about. It's our opportunity for hope in our lives. It's our opportunity to see hope in our community, in our church, and yes, even the world. It's our opportunity to say that the Messiah will come, that there will be a day where we study war no more, that there will be a day where peace and justice will be the ways of our world. And until that day, we are called to live as people of hope. And so you are invited. You are invited to this table of hope to come and to be nourished and to be reminded that God is with us each step of the journey, calling us into that future with hope as we await and as we welcome the promised one.